I'm Emily. And this is Hannah. And this is episode three of Everything is Over. And today we are talking about the F word, which is not what you think it is. Not frogs. Not fudge. Not vacation. Is that bread? <laughs> anyway. Fraternities. Fraternities. And in honor of Cal Day, which we know you're all still recovering from, I know I am, today we're tackling Greek life. Um, which is something that my co-host here feels strongly about. I don't know. I just have opinions and criticisms, and I think Greek life is a really interesting vector to talk about a lot of other systems. And I want to be very clear to anyone listening to this that if you are in Greek life, I don't think you're a bad person. I don't want to paint everyone with the same brush, and I don't want to be too general and say, like, everyone is a certain way because they're... There is growing diversity. There's different types of people, and, it, and there's not, like, one-size-fits-all. And mm-hmm. not, you're not a bad person if you're in Greek life. But my criticisms are reserved for the institutions and how they were created and why they were created historically and what they are symptomatic of in a larger cultural sense. And also, while I will be playing, I think, devil's advocate for at least some of this episode, I also want to make it clear that while there are pros, there are most definitely cons that we need to recognize. I think we should orient ourselves. Okay, we're not opposed to each other. We're talking to each other because, first of all, we're friends, but also, like... We are. We're married. Yeah. Well, we like to joke about it. But I think, since we're considering that, like, we're kind of taking an an academic sort of approach, a formal debate, well, informal, but in a way that's polite. I guess we should orient ourselves and, like, say our positions, our own, like, experiences with Greek life first. Sure. Um, I'll let you go first since you have more experience with it than I do. Well, not really. I'm not, I'm, neither of us are in Greek life. Um, well, I I think I have probably had more run-ins with the system. My boyfriend's in a frat, um, so I've met a lot of, who have come to be, like, some of my closest friends through that. At the beginning of the year, a lot of my friends and I would go to frat parties. I'm ashamed to say. I'm also glad to say I've come out on the other side. Now I don't do that as much. But so so being here, I mean, I think I have been slightly more involved, um, though it all has been, you know, tangentially. Like, I'm not actually in it, but you haven't had very many experiences with it have you yeah and I suppose that it also probably lessens my ability to be fully like to have the full like ethos of knowing the system inside and out but my opinions have come from my personal experience and I didn't want to be just like to not even ever go to a frat or meet people in Greek life and talk to them and have a you know decisive judgment like you know I hate this or something like that Um, so back during, I think everyone knows now, during the Vendetta era, I met these two girls who, um, so they found me one night and I was in the bathroom and they're like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, "Mm, nothing. Cause like Mm -hmm. nobody, I had no friends. Um, okay, come with us. And I was like, okay. And so one of the girls had us, went to a boarding school, boarding school and she had known this upperclassman at her school who was now in like a sorority and had like bits and this was like the very first week when they were like I think it was kind of choosy then I don't know what it was but like we went to like 
houses that were there were no freshmen mm-hmm. at all. So we went to these houses and they were just kind of gross and I didn't really like the environment and I just felt uncomfortable. And then, like, I already had my institutional reservations, and then I decided for myself that I wasn't really into it. Mm -hmm. But I never, like, and I never wanted to be, like, oh, like, super binary about it. Like, I'm still open. Like, I'm not just going to shut, like, that part of our campus off. But, you know, I have my own opinions. And, like, I went. I saw what it was. I was, like, not for me. Mm -hmm. Because I think by nature, like, my idea of fun is just, like, I'm kind of... I'm kind of boring, like, <laughs> I'm kind of like an old lady. Oh, please. I am. I am kind of like an old lady. Well, I think we are very similar in that regard. Like, I think, like, that one night that we watched Call Me By Your Name and just, like, kind of cried into each other's arms, like, that was my idea of fun, too. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I I think that there's, like, also, like, if you come here and you feel like you have to go to frat parties and you're not into it like yeah. I was, like, don't feel pressured because... You can have your friends go, and then you can also do other things. Right, yeah. You know, you can watch a movie and be there for them when they inevitably come back, you know, inebriated. (laughs) But, yeah, I I don't think anyone should feel pressure to, like, go to frats if they don't want to. But I also think people should have that experience to make their own judgments about it. Mm -hmm. And if they want to be part of it, because it's different for everyone. Yeah. There's really no way to look at it and be like, this is good, this is bad. There's, like, it's just all gray. Right, yeah. And that's the thing. I think... Like, same with me. I think that so much of it is, it's hard to just put, like, one label across the whole thing. Because, like, I did have fun, like, at the frat parties that I went to. But that's not to say that I didn't have, like, terrible experiences (laughs) while I was there, too. Like, a lot of them, like, bred some pretty uncomfortable, you know, situations. Things that happened to my friends that I had to, you know, witness and, and get involved in. But also, like, it's fun to just go, you know, out with your friends and go party a little bit. And also, um, I mean, just more broadly for me, like, I was like, oh, I'm not going to rush because I don't like sororities. But it's definitely, like, still in the back of my mind. And I definitely, I love hanging out, you know, with the people that I've met at my boyfriend's frat. So it's sort of just, it's, it is very, it is sort of impossible for me to pin down because sometimes I'm like I hate it sometimes I'm like what would I you know do without it or like what kind of connections would I have with people if if I didn't you know know them this way so it's yeah it's it's all very complicated especially here because you know that everybody here and everybody who's in Greek life is still like in Berkeley like you're at Cal still these are incredibly smart people and I think that there's a stigma sort of in other places in the country as well like the kind of the brand of people that are in frats and sororities I think that's pretty different here you know because I mean mean, it's a good lesson like just with people in general you can't you can't put everyone into a box and like you know trap them in Mm -hmm. or pigeonhole them because of stereotypes yeah that's true like just because someone is in Greek life doesn't mean that they're an idiot or they're, you know, they yeah. don't have the same experiences you do or that somehow they're, like, shallow. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't, like, it's really important that we have to, like, unite, like, join together against yeah. the pervasive parts of it or the destructive parts of it. We can't 
you know, because a lot of people in Greek life are the victims of the terrible things that we criticize yeah. it for. Yeah, exactly. Which we can't dismiss that, you know, even as much as I have a problem with it, like, I also think that, you know, it's not going to go away. So we have to, like, have dialogues and discussions, you know, both in and out of the system. I mean, for me, like, I don't support it. And I think, you know, there are a lot of ways to have community without it. But I mean, for a lot of people, it's a very important part of their lives. And it would be incredibly judgmental and myopic for me to sit here and to dismiss that because, you know, there are people like whose lives have been changed by it for the better. Mm -hmm. But they're also incredibly terrible things. Right. Um, so we just wanted to give a content warning real quick before we go into our next topic. Um, we're going to be talking about sexual assault. And so we just wanted to give a content warning. Um, we have some resources that Emily is going to read out for anyone who has been affected by sexual assault. Uh, Berkeley has a 24-hour crisis hotline, and the number for that is 800-309-2131. There's also Berkeley's mental health mobile crisis team. The phone number for that is 510-981-5254, and the Path to Care Advocates number is 510-642-1988. You can also find more resources on uh, Berkeley's Tang Center website and the Path to Care Center's website um, should you need them. Okay, so a recurring thing we have is in this podcast is how difficult it is to be in college and to come here and you like, <laughs> don't know anything and to feel like you have no friends or you have no backbone or no mm-hmm. like, base of support. And that's why a lot of people join Greek life. I feel like it's a big motivating factor because... Maybe their friend, their parents were in it, and so they and had great experiences, and they're like, "Wow, like, I need friends. Like, I want to have a community." And it's a really, you know, good way to make friends pretty quickly. I think. Yeah, I think it exposes you to a lot of different people, not just within your own uh, sorority or frat, but like you get to you get to meet people in other ones. You do socials with them, so you really just kind of make this network. And it's really nice, I think, to have like a built-in community. You know, like there's bound to be. Um, people that you meet when you rush or when you pledge and that you will keep for the rest of your life and then getting to like live with them and do all these events and stuff with them I think is a huge draw for people mm-hmm. um, and it, I mean because like especially at the beginning of college you know like that's what you you need to start you need to build something like you said you need to find a community and it's it's kind of just a like a pipeline for that. Mm-hmm. It sets it up very nicely, very easily. Um, but also, I mean, you know, kind of like we were talking about with the dorm life stuff, there are certain problems that proliferate mm-hmm. when you live in an environment that has like these, I mean, kind of like hyper-gendered sort of roles. Yeah. So the thing about joining frats to make, or sororities to make friends, um, it requires an immense amount of privilege to be able to do that. Because mm-hmm. not everyone can just walk up to Cal and be like, so, need friends. <laughs> gonna get some cash, gonna join this organization. Yeah. Um, because we have to remember that Greek life is made, has been made by the privileged for the privileged. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you are part of Greek life, if you are part of it, means that you are privileged. And there are, I think, increasing ways for people who come from you know, perhaps not the socioeconomic 
standing to have that extra like money to go into that like can find ways to join and like I think there are a lot of you know efforts to make it more inclusive but the truth is that by and large it is something Mm -hmm. that's very like you have to be privileged to do right and I mean like you were saying historically like fraternities what were you saying the other day something about like fraternities just have always been like this is what they're set up to yeah, promote. Yeah, so the is... first one was in 1775 at the College of William and Mary, and oh. then it kind of spread around from there across the United States. And fraternities started as organizations for men, white men, shocker, con- <laughs> shocker, to um, join together and basically be boys together. I, there was there's this like sort of mysticism that was tied into it, mm-hmm. you know, like a secret society. Um, I mean, I think that was common for the era, but it started as an elite boys club. Right. And that mirrors a lot of problematic institutions mm-hmm. in our world, such as government. Right. There's a lot of ways that fraternities or, like, the cultural basis for how they were formed are, like, mirrored in our yeah. world in really toxic ways, you know? Yeah. And I'm really interested in what being part of a fraternity, also sorority, teaches us culturally and also the way that it is situated in our campus culture and like the ways that our administration tolerates like the UC system tolerates a lot of bad things that happen Mm -hmm. the networks that you sort of get tied into when you're in a Greek organization they last long you know they they last way beyond your time just in college because they set you up with job opportunities you know if you if your interviewer or whatever was in the same frat as you or something, I mean, it, in a lot of ways, like, the privilege just keeps on proliferating, um, keeps putting the same people in positions of privilege in, you know, the cycle that we've seen so many times in this country sort of play out. Um, so, the institutional problems, I, I found this quote... Um, in a New York Times article by um, Frank Bruni called Their Pledges Die, So Should Fraternities. Um, And it's from someone, a woman he interviewed, who was a sociology professor named Lisa Wade. And this is the quote. It says, Imagine a world in which everything was the same about higher education, except there have never been Greek organizations. An 18-year-old waltzes into a dean's office and says, I want to start an exclusive club on campus that doesn't allow women and serves mostly white and privileged students, and we're going to throw parties all the time that are illegal, and at these parties, all the bad stuff that happens on campus is going to happen disproportionately. What do you think? Sign me up. I'm so in. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Just kidding. But when it's when it's said like that, it sounds completely absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funny part is, nothing in that quote is inaccurate. Right, exactly. And that's also the scary part. Yeah. That nothing in that quote is inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So, why is this, like, what is, the, what are the reasons that this has pro- proliferated so much? Because it can't just be about people wanting to make friends. Right, exactly. I don't think that we can't just give everybody a pass in Greek life just to, like, oh, they're, they joined a frat or sorority just because they wanted friends. Like, you know, everyone just wants friends. I mean, we can't just ignore the fact that sexual assault and rape and this insane illegal hazing that goes on is still happening and it is such a huge problem like we cannot just ignore that um women can be drugged 
or assaulted um, and victimized. And, like, the worst thing that will happen is social probation. Like, why isn't it that, like, as soon as the first woman who's ever been hurt, as soon as, like, anything is reported, like, why isn't that just the end? Right. Honestly. What is the relationship between administrators and Greek life? Like, why has this continued? Right. The problem I have with Greek life, my number one problem is the fact that it feels to me that no amount of women being assaulted... Mm -hmm. Or no amount of physical abuse towards their own members. Right. Or violence. Or, like, no amount of trauma or pain is enough to be more important than mainly white men having fun. Right. Yeah. And that is my biggest problem with it. hmm Because if it was such that, you know, that there was a way for this to be curbed and, like, there was a system that handled it more efficiently than just saying, like, oh, okay, wow, so, like... A lot of girls were hurt, but, like, just don't have parties for a while. Right. What is that supposed to do? I don't know how that's productive. And it only breeds, like, hatred and anger, you know, within these groups, too. Like, I don't think that it does nothing to to solve the actual problem. I mean, you know, what happens when you can start throwing parties again? Who's really going to... Like, the accountability is always somewhere else. Like, Mm -hmm. even for, for people who are in frats that haven't gotten shut down mm-hmm. you know for yeah all of this stuff it's like oh it's it wasn't us like we're still good mm-hmm. you know and you can just kind of watch from the sidelines and still be untouched by it and unfazed and still have your own fun mm-hmm. and that's not to say that like you're a bad person for you know mm-hmm. believing that the people in your frat are also good people because i think for the most part it is and but it only takes one person you know thinking that because it's a frat and because of the way frats have always been and have been set up, you know, to make it so that you can get away with date raping somebody. Like, if they just have that one idea, like, oh, I'm in a frat, I can do it, and then they do, mm-hmm. I mean, like, that's, you know, it's it's endgame then, like. Yeah, and we're, and we're also, like, talking about, like, we are talking about the privilege and how, like, disproportionately white males, mm-hmm. like, make up. We're talking a lot about fraternities right now. Um, but it's disproportionately, like, white, privileged guys and frats. Right. And fraternities are just another permutation of the privilege they've had all their lives. Yeah. You know? It's like they're taught something from a very young age in this country, you know? Um, and then it just gets reinforced. And it just gets reinforced. Yeah. You know, during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings i was feeling particularly frustrated yeah um i did have a dream one time that i had to have dinner with brett kavanaugh and the whole time i just kept asking him if he wanted to pound some beers with me (laughs) and the boys and at the end i got up i was like viscerally angry in this dream Mm -hmm. and at the end i got up and i believe that i somehow had pioneered this they're not pioneered secured this entire keg of beer and I, i dumped it on him I said, you're a disgrace. And then I woke up. That's a beautiful dream. Best dream I've ever had. Oh, and Brock Turner, right? Yeah. Because it's like, <clears throat> it's again, like, just a white man getting off with a slap on the wrist. Right. Like, poor him, you know? It's, it's ridiculous. It makes me sick. He wasn't in a frat. But it's like the same kind of power structure. Yeah. The same kind of institutional, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's too much to say white supremacy, but I'm just going to say that. Because we know if a black man did that... It's out there now. <laughs> I mean, Whoa. We, we know if a black man had done that, 
it would have been right. a very different story. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I and I think another pervasive part of it is the fact that, like, it, it gives a social capital to people who have the privilege in the first place to get into Greek life. Right. After graduation, in the world, mm-hmm. it's like, well, if you're... Like, if you're applying to a job and, like, maybe you were a brother at a certain fraternity and then, like, someone hiring wasn't mm-hmm. that, like, it just yeah. proliferates and really, you know, in ways that are really unfair. Right. Agreed. Um, kind of just to back up some of the things that we've been saying, uh, there was a sort of, like, a brochure that Florida State University released um, on Greek life, they had some statistics on it. Um, the first being that fraternity men are more likely to be reported as perpetrators of sexual assault and sexual violence than men who are non fraternities. Uh, the second statistic is that sorority women are four times more likely to be the victims of sexual violence than women who are not in sororities. And I think that that's really interesting and, and really kind of deeply saddening, you know, to think about like joining a sorority because you want to make friends or you want to go to parties only to heighten the like risk of you getting assaulted at one of those parties i don't know it's all just and and this is also not to say that sexual assault happens exclusively in greek life because we all know that that is very very not true um it happens in dorms it happens in the workplace it happens anywhere because that's just the society that we live in um but the fact that it does happen at an increased rate in fraternities and sororities i think is worth noting and definitely we need to see that change if we're gonna keep these you know organizations in place Mm -hmm. we can't just keep having that happen greek life is also pervasive in that it has positioned itself as a central aspect of socialization on campuses. So the dependence on alcohol, hookups, you know, fun. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to say the general umbrella of fun. Fun. College fun. <laughs> College. Hashtag cool. <laughs> Has made it, you know. Hashtag necessary. Hashtag necessary. And in turn, it makes everyone somewhat complicit. Right. Because you have to participate in a system that's really, that has a lot of negative yeah. aspects. And then you put yourself at risk. But what is it for? Right. Because you feel like you have to. Right. Because the whole system depends on you feeling like you have to. And it depends on, you know, drawing people in so that it can continue. Right. And say, like, you know, to universities, like, like this is we you... recruit a bunch of members yeah. and then we get alumni to come give money. And we have, right. we're, you know, helping people. Like, we, like, all the things we do, like, we may do bad things, but hey. Right. We do charity sometimes. Yeah. Or... Yeah, you know, we give people a place to call home and we provide housing, you know? Right. I think that the, for me, I mean, that's, I do feel sometimes hypocritical when I like, when I criticize <laughs> it like this and, and I, you know, have all these grievances against it, but then I still go to the parties and I take advantage of the, you know, the, the free flowing happy juice and my friends and I, you know, we go there to have yeah. a good time. And then, you know, then I leave and I'm like, oh, it's still a problem, you know, still just frats being frats and, and then nothing ever changes. Like, it's, it's people like me who participated 
in it that you know keep it yeah. functioning the way it does but like that said i also think that the problem i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that i don't think the problem is necessarily at least like with what we've been talking about i do know the privilege part yeah that's systemic and inherent to the whole frat system but the the sexual assault stuff i would say that that's more rooted in like the current like power structures at B with, you know, that put men, specifically oh, white yeah. men, in Generally power. in our whole society. Yeah. It's not just Greek life. Greek life is just, like, another symptom of that. Right. Which is right. why, I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that maybe if you did, if you t- took the necessary measures to improve Greek life in that way, and, like, and I think that society in general needs this desperately, you know, but then I think I would have much less of a problem with it if we could move past that. I mean, like you said, there's so many other problems with it, like the hazing, um, the privilege, all of that stuff. But I'm, you know, all, most of it, I think, for me, has been the experiences with, you know, sexual assault and it. Because, I mean, it's hard not to know somebody mm-hmm. who hasn't been affected either directly you know by that or it's just it is so pervasive yeah these environments particularly you know in places where the the frats are the frattiest of all Mm -hmm. you know that's where these things happen and are not talked about the thing that i love berkeley so much for is that even though everything is sort of under you know everything does get criticized here um and people in my boyfriend's frat that i've talked to they are critical of the greek system and they have taken time to reflect on like what they're a part of and how they can make it better so they they know they recognize that there are problems and i think that they do a lot to you know work towards fixing them but at the same time they will never know what it feels like to be a woman Female, or, a female, or, female, or, female, right. or be a person of color. Or, right. They don't know. Or LGBTQIA+. Right. And they will never know what it feels like to be on the other side. You know, because it's you can do so much. You can only do so much from your position of privilege. You can only say so much. You, you have to act it out. You have to, you know... Re- I, I also hope that the people listening to this who are in Greek life, all 79 of you... Just kidding. Maybe that was a generous. That all, was very all twelve. All tw- maybe five. What's the ratio then? Someone's got to be in Greek life. All one of you, who's listening to this, if you're in Greek life and you're listening to this, it's. I hope that you aren't immediately just turned off by the criticism. Like I hope that this has been, or the arguments and the statistics provided have given, you know, you a sense, sort of like. The fact that this is still an issue. I hope that this has been something that you can... Productive. Yeah. Or maybe spurns your own self-reflection. And, I mean, obviously we don't have all the answers. We are still two white women. We are two bumbling idiots (laughs) with a microphone. That transcends Um, all boundaries. I don't even... I mean... I mean, so we... I mean, we don't know everything, but we've given a perspective that we hope can 
I mean, just, it's important to stay informed, I think. And, and this is, like you said, this is one of the only gateways to change if we're going to make it happen. You have to listen. Dialogue. Yeah, you have to start dialogue. But again, you know where I'll be Friday night. And you know where I'll be Friday night. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Tune into our next episode. There will be plenty more of these shenanigans. Um, bye! bye.